0: It
1: doesn't matter what you
0: did. And I am the voice of the voiceless. To another episode of wrestling with edwards this time we review aew all out kind of a big show if you uh and no that was not a pun we're not gonna no we're not doing the paul white thing uh with me as always is robbie sutter as well as a special guest so robbie uh take it away
1: well once again scotty thanks so much for having me back on wrestling with edwards And yes, you're right, we do have a special guest joining us. This is going to be a three-man booth for this show. We're doing it Monday Night Raw style, at least in that sense. We're not going to bore you to tears, hopefully. Um, (laughs) Today, we are joined by fellow Last Word on Sports pro wrestling contributor and editor, Nicholas George, a.k.a. The Sheriff. Nicholas, thanks for joining us.
2: It's great to be here. I've, I've been waiting for this moment. This is my, my time to shine.
0: Your takes deserve to be out there in the world more than just a group chat. That's, that was my <laughs> thoughts when I invited you. I was like, you know what? Nicholas has so many thoughts, it's only right that he gets to say them to everyone.
2: Ah, my, it's, it's great. It's great to be appreciated. I like it. Hey,
0: hey I, how are we supposed to have someone make a take on Paul White if you're not here? You know, but now now it will be complete. And like you said, Robbie, three man booth. This is uh Monday Night Raw. That's a terrible comparison. That's not a hot start. Um Maybe someday we'll be like Rampage and have four,
2: a five, six. I think that's what they're at now. Six. Yeah, Sixth yeah. Country. When
0: they have uh, wrestlers join. All right. Well, who wants to be Mark Henry? You get to leave.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus! Look, t- tonight, tonight's gonna be uh, Monday Night Raw. It's gonna. I'm gonna be Jimmy Smith. Daddy, you're going to be Brian Saxton. Nick, you're going to be Corey Graves. Let's make oh, it happen.
2: Wow. Okay. Oof. It's got to be done. I'm, I'm hurt, but that could do it.
1: All right. <laughs> no, you just, you, no, no, I think it'll be fine, Nick. I only need, need some shitty tattoos, and I think it'll be good to go.
0: Oh, my goodness. Robbie is hot. Oh, so,
1: sorry. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you haven't got to, imagine I'm talking, to the master of
0: already Robbie's coming hot.
2: This, this was a good show. This was a good show, and you, you're this hot. Oof. God, oh.
0: And this is about raw. We're not even. We're talking about all out. All out was a good show. Like it, it was. Oh, it yeah. was. All right. Was. All right. I will kick us off. Of course, uh, the opening contest. We're not going to talk the buy-in because the sheriff said that's not worth my time, uh, <laughs> which I mean it. It's not anything you need to go out of your way to see. Uh, but the opening match of the evening was for the TNT Championship as Miro defended against Eddie Kingston. Sheriff, since you are our um, special guest for this episode, let me know. What were your thoughts on this match, seeing that I know you're a big Miro fan?
2: I am a big Miro fan, and I just have to say, because I've only just recently started watching AW. I, I was a casual fan at best until about two months ago. And Eddie Kingston has got a natural connection with the audience, which is pretty cool to see. And he made for a great babyface against Miro. I, I really enjoyed the match.
0: Yes, he uh, he has something about him that is just instant connectivity. I guess he's like... Him and Moxley, I always say, are like the everyday type of guy. They are very
2: similar, yeah. It's the same sort of feel to him as well. He's mm. got a sort of alternative appeal.
0: Yes, and they're both very gritty in their style, so yeah. it helps a lot. Uh, Robbie, how did you feel about this match?
1: Uh, well, I think we're all in agreement that this was a very solid opening match to the show. I thought that... Miro and Eddie played their roles perfectly. Though I must say, I don't know if this is a a compliment or a slight toward the two oppo- opponents in the match when Bryce Remswick got the most heel heat <laughs> <laughs> in the match. I, I don't know what, what that is, but man they... That was
2: a bit bizarre. That was a bit bizarre. He kind of stole Miro's thunder, in a way.
1: Yeah, he he did. Um, just he was just trying to fix the the turnbuckle like a good official should. Was slow on the count, and the Chicago crowd was not having it. Man, they were they 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 ate him alive in this one.
2: Just for doing his job as well. He's the number one heel for doing his job.
0: <laughs> uh, I think the so I know a lot of people didn't love the ref stuff. I thought it was a good effort to protect Kingston while keeping the belt on Miro. I think. I think something that AEW does really well is that while they don't do the 50-50 booking like a certain promotion does most of the time, uh, they try to protect their wrestlers despite taking losses. And I think Kingston uh, looked good in defeat, which is very important. Uh, Miro, debatably, could be their best champion right now. Uh, You know, I feel like every promo he does... Every match he has, it furthers his reign as champion in a good way, and he is so much better now than he was when he was Rusev. I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. Uh, I wasn't huge. Sorry, Robbie. I'm sorry. It just didn't work for Miro because Miro.
1: Uh, you near know, a uh, gamer uh, gimmick because, honestly, I thought it was the shits as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. He came out that first night with the with the blonde hair and the Mickey Mouse attire. It, 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 was, it was very bizarre. I mean, I, I liked that he was finally somewhere where he was going to be appreciated, hopefully, and that turned out to be the case, but when he started, was not feeling it. It wasn't until he kicked... Kip Sabian to the side and started to embrace a more dominant approach that I think he started to finally get a little bit of steam. So, yeah, this is another one of, in in the line of many successful title defenses for the Redeemer.
0: Uh, Nick, I know you were a fan of Rusev, like, before the Miro days. Um, So, you know, have you been able to see most of his promos since really Turning it all in.
2: Yeah, I have. Um, I would make sure to tune in for Miro because he's a guy I've been following for a while, and I like, I like guys who work like uh, like Miro. I think they're a they're a rare commodity these days. God, I'm like freaking Jim Cornette now. On. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you but, said it. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So. I've, I've been following him. I've been following his promos. I like you both. I did not like the game Amiro. I think there was so much fanfare surrounding his signing that for him to come in as this big monster gamer dude was a bit weird. So we are where
0: we are. And it's great. I, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, it's his whole presentation for me. And. Just uh, the
2: music, the the yes, the mannerisms, everything about it just works.
0: Yes, and I'm confident that they might run this match back at the Grand Slam show. I think that could be a goal of theirs with the, uh, you know, icky finish towards. Yeah, the, the screwy mm. finish is.
2: Um, yeah, instant forwards is they're doing this again. Yeah. and I I guess Kingston
0: could be the one to win. I'm I'm not so sure, but you know, it could happen. I would use that as just to get even more heat on Miro personally. Like I know the idea of giving Kingston a cool moment is great, but I think Miro. No offense to Kingston, I think Miro's big loss of the title should go towards a talent they're trying to um, get to the main scene, and I don't. I don't necessarily think Kingston needs that.
2: Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I think I know who it will be eventually, but oh, who? You gotta
0: say it. You gotta say. Mm.
2: It. I, I'm I'm thinking it's Sammy Guevara. That's ooh. I've said that for a while, and with this mm-hmm. stuff with um with uh, Fuego, it's I think that's the way it's gonna go. I like that. I like.
1: That. Oh, you think, think Guevara's gonna avenge his friend and get the title off Miro?
2: That's what I'm thinking. Mm. Yeah. So it's a ways off. Miro should hold it for a while longer yet, but, but that's where I can see it going.
0: I like that. I I think uh, I think they definitely still see big things in Guevara, despite that little uh, mess last year. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and he he's been very uh, sorry about that. So I think as time has gone on, people have got seen him in good graces again. So I like that call. I like that call. But well, let's move on to John Mothley versus the former IWGP. Heavyweight champion and New Japan legend Satoshi Kojima. Uh, I'll I'll kick off here real quick and say that I thought this was really good in the point of getting Moxie's new journey of you know facing these New Japan guys. Um, I thought it was a good start because clearly the end goal has to be Tanahashi. Like that's been the uh, rumors, and for anyone that watches New Japan. Uh, starting off with Kojima one is a great start. I mean he has all the accolades, but two It only gets better from here, you know with the current day guys. So um, Robbie, how did you feel about this one? I thought that this
1: was a very solid match and I thought that it featured the New Japan pro wrestling style in an AEW ring and I think those that have watched NJPW over the years will know what I'm talking about um, it's a match that started slow. It definitely didn't start with you know guns blazing, but once it started to pick up momentum, it really picked up momentum. And from there, you just found yourself watching these two grizzled fighters uh, wage war. I think Kojima more so than Moxley, because even though you know, Kojima is older, obviously, um, you know Scotty and I. We talked about this on the pre show, uh, the preview I should say. But despite the fact that he is older, he still keeps a good pace. He's in great shape and can still wrestle a great match, especially when you compare him to a lot of his contemporaries in that in the same generation, like like Hiroyoshi Tenzan, for example. No disrespect, but that that man is definitely broken down, he's definitely seen better days. I don't get that with Kojima. I get the feeling that if he wants it, he could you could get another big run so definitely a great opponent for moxley here
0: that's agreeable before i let nick go i saw this hilarious tweet where they were comparing kojima to jericho and said it all depends on how you take in your yeast ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow that's that's fantastic for those who don't know kojima is the leader of bread club of course uh, yes. But, Nick, how did you feel about this match? I know you used to be a New Japan fan, big Shibata guy, so uh, how were you feeling watching this um, on AEW television? Well,
2: I also saw a great tweet, and it was, I think it was by Robbie's good friend uh, Sean Ross Sapp. And, oh, it was... <laughs> <laughs> and it was and it was like, Moxley is basically just feuding with Japan right now, and I really like that. And the match, I'm not as familiar with Kojima as you guys are. But I have to say for someone his age and for someone who's taken as many bumps as he probably has Mm -hmm. over the years, he he was really good. He did not look out of step. He looked like he could hang with Moxley. It it Mm. was in comparison to Jericho, it it was definitely an eye opening experience. And very similar to the first match. Just a stiff,
0: Mm. big guy match. Yeah, Kingston and Moxley have that in common. Like they just like to Stiff in their matches I think No one's complaining uh, Speaking of being stiff though I guess The post match is really What everyone is most excited About as Minoru Suzuki made his way down To the ring and laid out John Moxley um, I'll let either one of you take The floor on here Uh Minoru Suzuki Of course uh, a legend In his own right he doesn't necessarily Have the New Japan accolades to sing About but is a legend, and it's very exciting. And despite not having the New Japan accolades, he is still one of the
2: most well-known wrestlers alive, I think. So to see him turn up at such a big American event was, was pretty great. And choking out Moxley makes it even better, because now we're getting this match between these two crazy bastards.
0: Yes, uh, and, and we get it Wednesday. They don't even make us wait. Uh, Robbie, how did, you, how did you feel about this one?
1: I gotta say, I live a very curious life. Um, this past weekend, I've written about Minoru Suzuki twice, which I didn't expect to do. I reported on his AEW debut here. And I also wrote about his cameo appearance in the latest season of Common Rider. So <laughs> he's had a very eventful weekend, I'd say. It's been very... Um, this was just one of the many surprises we got on the show and if you had to start up the surprises on any particular note i'd say this is as good as you could expect i am very excited to see minoru suzuki in an aew ring it's been well over a year since suzuki and moxley wrestled a match and if they're not going to wrestle at a pay-per-view if they're not going to do this you know on a big show before 2021 closes hey this episode of dynamites it's pretty solid
0: yeah yeah you know it's funny by the end of the show i completely forgot to, uh he showed up because so much happened <laughs> in that that last like 10 minutes let alone mm-hmm. uh the last the second half of the show but it, it was awesome uh, i think you do this kind of um debut anywhere but Chicago it may not go over nearly as well but the Chicago crowd I thought reacted perfectly to it to make Suzuki feel as big of a deal as he is but you know he's the independent star now based on all the matches he's doing soon so that's pretty cool Uh, any final thoughts on this one before I move on to the doctors match none from me no Uh,
1: please watch Kamen Rider please watch the show don't Make me feel like a complete weirdo. Just washed up, goddamn show,
0: please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, this is I. I allow you to get your stuff in, Robbie. You're welcome. Uh, and I, I you appreciate can check it. out uh, Robbie, as you know. Nick said uh, Robbie's best friend uh, Sean Ross Sapp, because Robbie's in the Fightful magazine. Come on, you gotta yeah. get you gotta get all your pulls in, my man.
1: Sean Ross man, he's, he's, he's not my homie. You know, <laughs> he's, 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 he's not my dad. <laughs> I just got from the magazine.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, The AEW Women's World Championship was on the line as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I hope you all did the finger pose as I said. Oh, I did. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Faced off with the alien, Chris Statlander. This, for me, surprised me in a good way. So, uh, Nick, I will let you take the stage on this one.
2: Yeah, I think I, I said this morning that this was, for me, up until this point, the, the best match of the night. I mean, the first two were great, don't get me wrong. They were proper stiff matches. But this was this was a really good wrestling match. And I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was, which is surprising because they're both very good competitors. But I, I really enjoyed it.
0: I promise you, Britt Baker doesn't listen to this. You don't have to call her great competitor. Like you you can dial <laughs> it back a little bit. Oh I, I, I am a fan of the doctor. I'm sorry. The doctor is <laughs> she's great. Are you tra- great? So you're telling tra- you're telling me you didn't watch Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose? I did watch it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, uh, you know, Robbie, I'll let you go. Um, uh, how did you feel about this? Because I know you have been one to be at times critical about Brit not nearly as bad as someone like myself but mm-hmm. I'll let you go
1: well the thing about Britt Baker is that even though I think she's a great character she definitely knows how to present herself I haven't been as jazzed about her matches not to say that they were bad necessarily but when you consider her position in AEW whether in the women's division or otherwise it, it's there leaves a little bit to be desired Uh, That being said, I would say this is one of the better matches that she's had. Um, I think outside of Thunder Rosa, Chris Statlander is one of the better opponents she has. Speaking of Chris Statlander, very polished, very good in the ring. I don't think she gets enough credit for just how good she is. And And I think part of that has to come with the character. I think a lot of people just associate her with being an alien, being from the Andromeda Galaxy, the... The nose booping, etc. It's easy to forget just how good she is between the ropes, and I think this was evidence enough of that.
0: I'd like to go on record and say I think Chris Statlander is probably the best complete like athlete in that women's division because I know like people love Jade Cargill, I think she has a bright future, but she hasn't put it all together yet. I think, like you said, Chris Statlander. Seems to have it all. She has the power, the athleticism. There's something about her that is easy to attach to. And I think if you told me, say, in a year or two years that she was the women's world champion, I'd definitely believe you. I think she has a bright future. I think she's just, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I think she's just missing, like, one more addition to her character. Maybe it's just... Um, something on the charismatic side, but I feel like she's charismatic as well. Simply with like the boops or whatnot. So I think it's just like maybe a big win or something will get her to that next level where it's time for her to win the title. Uh, yeah, she's a she's a very legitimate competitor
2: running with a very illegitimate gimmick, and I think that's the only thing holding her back,
0: in my opinion. Mm, mm, yeah, being an alien in uh, 2021 is tough. It's tough. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, we can move on from this one to a uh, I think this match will take us some time to really dissect, so this should be fun. Uh, the AEW World Tag Team titles were on the line as the Young Bucks, the self proclaimed best tag team of all time, defended against the Lucha Brothers Penta El Cerro Miedo and ray phoenix inside a steel cage uh where, i don't know where to start on this one um if anyone wants to just you know blurt something Let, out go for it let's start from the beginning the entrance for the the lucha <laughs> brothers
2: was was fantastic mm. like how how could they possibly lose when they're coming in with all the i don't know is it traditional mexican garb they were wearing and the the wrapper the and mm. how i just can't i just can't explain it it was great
0: I think it was Alex in our chat that said it reminded him of the Rey Mysterio entrance from WrestleMania 22, and yeah. I agreed.
1: With the headdress, yeah.
0: I can yeah. see that, absolutely, yeah. And anytime anyone channels Rey Mysterio, it's always a good thing, but this is the first time I ever understood the words that were being said in the song, so that was a big win for me, personally. <laughs>
1: um yeah i definitely like the uh, the live entrance we got especially since um the ones that we've gotten in AEW have been relatively spotty whether it was downstate doing cody's theme live or uh the fire guitarist later tonight which we'll get into i'm sure this was definitely on the higher end of things so thumbs up
0: yeah, it was it was lovely and it automatically I think set the precedent that like this has to be the lucha brothers match. And this this is when I say like for big matches I think to really get a sense of everything you have to watch the pre-match with the entrances and the post-match. And we're going to we're going to you know sing the praises of the lucha brothers a lot in the next five to ten minutes so I will give some credit to the Young Bucks where it's due I think their heel run has been maybe their best run overall I don't know how you guys feel but I think they have not only put it all together um, but it's because of their heel work that has made their tag team matches in my eyes so much better than uh, I don't like to say I don't always like to toss in spot fests but I feel like their matches have more story to them more um it has it's it's easier to dig into and enjoy because there's something to follow i don't know if you guys feel that way with the bucks or not but that's how i'm feeling
2: yeah for me they just do not work as well as a babyface tag team i think that when they're doing that it's kind of we've seen it before the hardys were babyface for life pretty much the young bucks they offer something different as a heel because we don't really get many heel spot monkey tag teams. So I like it. It's, it's better for them. And they're naturally detestable little dweebs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You see, I'm not the only one who gets tilted on this show.
0: First tilted comment of the day. Uh, okay. So I guess we can start to break down the match. Um, How did we like the (laughs) opening? Because I think they gave everyone, you know, what you'd expect from a Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match was just high-speed offense, just insaneness. And the ability of Phoenix and Penta as a team, or even as solos, never ceases to amaze me.
2: Yeah. um, I'm... I'm in 100% agreement. I think the flow of the match starting off like that was perfect. I felt sorry for everyone who's coming after this match because Mm -hmm. how do you follow it? So, yeah, it started off great and it was pretty much great from start to finish.
1: Yes, I would agree. It definitely started off at a fast pace. Something that you would expect from the competitors involved and then it just devolved. I shouldn't say devolved, but it evolved into a violent affair whether it was a stereo moves or the thumbtacks on the bottom of matt jackson's boot which oh my god that thing fucked up pentagon <laughs> it it looked brutal just how do you how do you take any sort of shot with that thing and be safe it's it's a credit to the guys involved just what they've been able to do and i would say that looking back at this match and i think i might have to re this match in order to say 100 percent certain that this is the case but this may very well be my favorite tag team match um ever i mean f- beforehand that spot was occupied by diy versus the revival at takeover toronto a few years back having watched this though this this might have taken the cake. I think this has bumped DIY revival off its perch.
0: I think that's not like, to me, I'm I'm with you there because uh, I want uh, to go back into the match real quick. I think without the heel heat segment that the Young Bucks had, this match isn't as complete as it feels. Um, you know, on the other side of it, I think that's something where I say the young bucks adding this uh, what, what did they call him Dweeb's uh, <laughs> adding adding that Dweebish persona has been huge for them, and it gave you an opportunity to feel for the Lucha Bros. I think the moment of the mat, one of the best moments of the matches, maybe one of the best moments all night, was when Penta stepped in front of phoenix on the spike super kick and that's where he would ultimately end up bloody like crazy and it'd lead to one of the best images ever of just him wearing the bloody mask and it's all red and it just looks insane but i thought personally that moment was just one of those you'll remember moving forward Uh, it was an honorable moment i told my brother when when i was
2: watching it with him that i would not take it from him i would just let him take, take, take the kick
0: himself. <laughs> <laughs> all righty then wow okay um <laughs> i this there's just something and nick i know how big of a fan you are of penta i i believe you said he's been your favorite wrestler for the past seven years that's true since pretty much almost since punk left he's he's been my favorite wrestler so I want you to break down if give me what your thoughts are on his performance here, because I thought this was one of the times where Penta was on top of his game and maybe, maybe the best overall wrestler in the match.
2: I, I agree. And like I said, for a while, I was mostly a casual fan and seeing Penta was in a team for so long, I I was a bit annoyed, even though Phoenix is Phenomenal himself. I I was annoyed because he's such a great solo worker. He's his mannerisms, his storytelling. It's besides the language barrier. It's fantastic. And last night when I was watching this match, I I finally understood why he is in a tag team because it's he's phenomenal working in a tag team, and he he I, I just can't even put it into words
0: it's hard it's, to put anything it's really hard word. it's
2: really hard because he he is so good at what he does and this the stories that were being told within the match were mostly by pentagon like like you said when he was sacrificing himself and i don't know it, he's just got something very special about him and that's me being biased as well but yeah i i, I can't describe it he's just, he's just
0: so good This is a biased podcast. You can always be biased because that's the beauty of wrestling. Um, I will say the dive for Phoenix, of course, from the top will be what I think is going to be in videos for AEW moving forward for who knows how long AEW's around. It, it uh, It was their snooker moment. Yes, yes, but a lot better because he, you know, we like Phoenix a lot better than Jimmy Snuka. I wonder why.
1: <laughs> oh man, we, we can dive into that one if you want.
0: No, <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's okay.
1: No, let's not do it. Let's let's try to keep things on on point here.
0: But I will say, I'll go agree with Robbie. This is one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a situation where on rewatch you'll get a full. Um, appreciation for it but if anyone that's listening didn't watch it definitely go out of your way to see it um robbie i'm gonna let you take the start of the casino battle royale because alex Mm -hmm. just reminded me i have to preview raw and i'm dying inside
1: all right well as as you uh sit there dying um i guess we'll run down the list of competitors here in the women's casino battle royale um the ones announced for the show were Big Swole, The Bunny, Thunder Rosa, Red Velvet, Kanji, Penelope Ford, Diamante, Nyla Rose, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, Abaddon, Kylan King, Layla Hirsch, Rebel, not Reba, uh, Jamie Hayter, Anna J, Riho, Sky Blue, and a surprise entrant, which would have been the Joker. Um. I guess I'll start by saying that this was very much in line with previous casino battle royales. They aren't technical masterpieces, nor are they supposed to be. They are more or less showcases for the competitors involved. Uh, Some more so than others, as we'll get into here, but definitely a, a a frantic match that Gave us a couple of surprises, um, Nick. What did you think about this particular match?
2: I mean, it was essentially a, a filler match, wasn't it? And mm, yeah, you know, I, I I don't hate the concept of the casino battle royale, but I, I'm not a massive fan of it, and I think. The match loses the flow when the entrances are going on. I don't know if, if you feel mm-hmm. the same.
1: No, no, I, I totally do. I think the first suit of, of cards, or entrance rather, they were the only ones that had what I would consider traditional entrances. The suits that came after them uh, outside of the Joker did not get the same sort of treatment. And I I understand the format of the match, and I give AEW a lot of credit for doing something different as far as the Battle royal formula is concerned. But, it's definitely a a, a a disconnect i guess you can say and okay. <laughs> um, yeah uh, with sky blue she got a very positive reaction and i was uh, hopeful that she would get a, uh, a a solid performance in this match uh, that didn't necessarily happen when <laughs> she was eliminated by uh abaddon who i guess depending on what perspective you're looking at her from is either one of the most promising wrestlers in that women's division or one of the worst
0: don't lie don't yeah. lie I'm, I'm, I'm leading
2: towards the worst. I'm yeah, I'm
1: trying right. to be nice. I, I don't want to wake up tomorrow with with like a chunk taken out of my neck or my leg ripped off. You know, I don't want
0: to. I like I to wanna, remember I... that I'm pretty sure she's a normal person underneath all the makeup.
1: Oh really? <laughs> do, do, you have resources on that?
0: Ah, do... uh, no, but I do have a source on my complaints. Uh, <laughs> the sources are me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I am I am very angry what they have done to Haikai Uh Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think she was she getting the first entrance for the match was smart because she got a big pop and, you know, that's great. But she was such an afterthought once the match got going. Like, I think having her get to the end and still and losing is fine. But getting her to the Final Four would have been smart because it would have been a good spot for her. She's, you know, the longest reigning champion in AEW history, let alone just the women's division. And she hasn't been on Dynamite since she lost the title double or nothing. So there is a weird idea here where they're cycling her completely out. And I'm I i like, going to give Tony Khan credit, but I also have to give him this. is like you have to learn how to cycle these women in just like you do the Met, because them not being included is just really upsetting. And I think they changed the way they do the Casino Battle Royale, because usually, if I'm not mistaken, they start off with two competitors, and then they do the suits. If is Is that... Am I completely off? Because I remember... I feel like last show, it was two, I can't remember the two uh, men that started off, but I always felt like that's how they started instead of that, like clunkiness at the beginning and throughout. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong though. Uh, and uh, the Reho elimination was upsetting because yes. she flipped, I guess. Um, but I don't want to be the negative Nancy here. So, I guess we could talk about the Joker surprise because that was great.
2: Yes, that was one of the best moments on the show because if you look at a lot of WWE wrestlers who would probably prefer not to tweet about AEW, they were all tweeting about Ruby Soho. And that tells me that she is very beloved and very deserving of finally getting a big moment, which it it was criminal that she didn't get a big moment in WWE. Agreed.
0: And and this is where I give credit to Chicago, because if you have this type of moment where that particular song goes into effect, say in Los Angeles or Oklahoma or like just literally anywhere besides Chicago, I don't know if the reaction is as loud and as prominent as it was for Ruby here. And like you said, Nick, I think she long deserved a moment like this. Uh, Robbie, I know this was your match to mostly take over, so I'll let you complete the match <laughs> for us.
1: Yes, even though I have my issues with the match, uh, this was, more than anything else, a showcase for the Joker. The The whole match was built around the Joker entrant, which was Ruby Soho, which was the right move to make. I'm. I feel like out of all of the... the the new debuts we've had on the show she's the one that interests me the most just because unlike the ones that we got to see later on in the show ruby was someone who didn't really get an opportunity to show what she could do at a high level i've always known her to be very capable in the ring always very very charismatic i would argue better as a baby face than a heel but either way I would think that AEW knows what they have in someone like Ruby Soho and gives her the run that she deserves, which this should hopefully be the start of.
0: Yes. um, I always look back to when Ruby had the singles match for champions right before WrestleMania. So she had one with Charlotte Flair. A couple of years ago that I thought was really good and really telling of how good Ruby is and then she had one with Ronda Rousey which is a match she had to carry I think far more than one say with Charlotte and I thought they were both really good they were both good wins for the champions because she made them look so good and uh, I'm just so happy she gets this type of moment because she, cl- clearly she's one of the most beloved in maybe the entire business and I, I think she's going to have a very good career in AEW. I think it's fair to say she'll eventually win the title. I think she'll have that moment. I think that'll be a very emotional moment for fans and everyone alike. Like I think that will top this moment for her somewhere down the line. I don't think she beats Britt Baker, but I think she's going to have some great matches, and she'll get that moment, and it'll be wonderful. Yep, 100% agree.
2: I think the best is still to come for for her. And like the other, the other ins that debuted last night, they've all had big moments already. She's the only one who hasn't. So I I see her as being the one with the most potential
0: long term. That's that you know, I like that statement because the ones that they did have show up is it's a lot. It's yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. But We can get to the next match, which was my least favorite, not counting any match that has QT Marshall in it. Uh, MJF versus Chris (laughs) Jericho. This is Uh, Nicholas's favorite GIF in the whole entire world. Uh, The one when they used to sing. I know people forget they used to sing and dance and whatever that was. Uh, I those were happier times. Yes, they were. I haven't enjoyed this story for months, personally. So I was already, you know. Feeling bad about this one, and I felt like it went exactly how I expected, if not worse. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you take it away, Robbie, and then you know, of course, for Sheriff, sure. you can take it on as well.
1: Well, right off the bat, I loved MJF's entrance, where the countdown for Jericho was teased, and then it just played MJF's music and got that that uh, a chorus of booze from the audience. Loved that, very genius. Jericho's entrance, not so much. Um, he had Billy Gray, the guitarist from his band Fozzy, playing to the ring and did it without the, the vocals, which means that they relied on the fans in Chicago to sing the song. Great idea in theory, poorly done in execution because I don't know if it was just I don't know if it was the guitarist or just the way the sounds were being mixed or whatever it was, but this did not come off very well on the live feed. It might have sounded better in person, but it it just, it was very hard to hear anything over the sound of static guitar playing. Just, it was a bashed attempt, let's put it that way.
2: Plus, fans were still very tired from the tag match, I think.
1: I, I guess so, but I, I don't know. This I, I like the MJF's uh, tease more, and I feel like even with those, even with those gripes, I think the entrances were the best part of this entire match.
0: Woof, that's tough. <laughs>
1: I, I think it's just because I've seen these two wrestle so many different times, whether in singles or tags or different stipulations. That when it came to this match, I was just checked out. I was just thinking to myself, okay, let's let, let, let's wrap this up. Let's let's get these guys moving around to something different.
0: I mean, I'm in, Oh, sorry. Got No, yeah. Sorry. You go first. All right. Well, I was just going to say I don't think they've had one good match, so just I think Ooh. this is the fourth time they're having a match. Mm-hmm. And nothing about it had me intrigued because think about it, the 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 uh, fifth labor of Jericho was he couldn't use the Judas effect. And he didn't even win with the Judas effect here. Like, I found that to be mm-hmm. terribly stupid. Like, that would be the reason MJF would lose. No. He kicked out to the walls of Jericho in 2021. Like, what a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: have dweebs and nerds on AEW. Oh, don't tell the good brothers.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Yeah, with this I don't know. Just a lot of details in this match didn't didn't sit well with me, especially the uh, the dusty finish, the false finish, where MJF hit the Judas effect on Jericho and pinned him for the one, two, three, only for Jericho to get his leg on the rope, but Aubrey Edwards not seeing it. Here's the problem: that in and of itself isn't bad, because okay, it's it makes it makes for a situation where the match can continue. The issue is that if you watch it back, Jericho was late getting his foot on the rope. Like, I think Aubrey hit her hand the third time and then Jericho's leg went on the rope. So even though the the context, you can kind of understand it, if you're just watching it from a logical standpoint, MJF won. <laughs> he won the match. Jericho has no say so and how the match goes like yeah he he lost but no but they had the second referee come out tell Aubrey no no Jericho best foot on the rope and had the match restarted so it's it's a weird detail.
2: The whole thing is, is just stupid because Jericho's gonna walk away now like yeah I won. But MGF beat him three times. So yeah. it's like did you did you win? <laughs> uh so yeah this, this was the first match where i i started to zone out which is a shame because <laughs> i want to like jericho and mjf but jericho in 2021 doesn't do it for me and i feel like this is a waste of mjf personally
0: i think jericho could have used the time off like i think that would have saved his character because over the last decade that is what has saved his character when it became stale uh you know, going away just to come back as a new character or in some new form has always treated him well. Even the list of Jericho got stale at towards the end, which, I, you know, is one of his most over characters ever. And, you know, this is pro wrestling, and I know AEW likes to stand by what they say with the fact that Oh, if you lose this, you don't get to come back. Or Cody, you know, lost his world title match. He doesn't ever get one. Like I know they like to stand by that, but this is pro wrestling. This is this. This is gonna sound crazy, but this is almost where you need a WWE situation of booking where you do something like that, and then you know, a ways down the line, someone from the inner circle wrestles MJF and they win him his mat, his career back, or you know, something like that because eh, it's just how can i care at this point and it also reminded me a lot i don't know if this is too much but uh, i i figure you guys remember cm punk losing to the rock at royal rumble this finish reminded me that a lot like they gave the people a, a fun surprising finish just to ruin it by a oh, this wasn't right, we need to restart the match. Like, I I just don't like that.
2: Yeah, I I didn't like it. The whole thing stank, essentially.
1: Yeah. Hey, if nothing else, it gives us this break point. Now these two can hopefully move on and do other things. I mentioned this on the preview that you and I did, Scotty. I think if there's anybody that MJF can feud with from here on out, it's CM Punk. And for no other reason them for the promos that they could cut on one another because i get that not everyone is into mjf not everybody likes the sort of sophomoric comments that he makes in promos and social media and what have you but there's no denying the fact that he can talk and i'd like to see that contrast with punk in the future
2: yeah absolutely and i find it interesting i've watched all of the the punk press conferences after these shows and he mentions all the people he wants to work with and he's never once mentioned mjf so i wonder there's a reason for that because he
0: stinks oh shit (laughs) oh Um, uh speaking of cm punk let's get on to some fun stuff uh so cm punk's return match against darby allen darby allen had this cool like little uh pre Entrance video where he like jumped out of a helicopter because he's psychotic, and his entrance was cool. You know, anytime he has Sting behind him, I I like Sting in his role as just like the dad that takes care of Darby Allen. I just eventually I so <laughs> here he is. <laughs> yeah, right, and you know that was all great, but it was all about the entrance. Of CM Punk. Uh, I've noticed the fans have started to sing Cult of Personality. It's about time. Let's sing good quality music, please. Uh this <laughs> good start. and
1: I'm I'm gonna assume you're not uh, buying uh Fozzie tickets anytime soon.
0: I did not say anything about Judas.
1: Did I say that out loud? No, I didn't
0: say anything. No I don't
1: know no, what you're but, talking about. No, but I am saying that uh, name one banger that Fozzie had that wasn't Judas.
0: Can't won't don't plan on it. <laughs> but there we Doesn't go.
1: I, arrest, I rest my case, ladies. I had and that
0: means. song that was a WWE like pay-per-view song once. It was like sandpaper or something. I'm not saying it was good. Anyways, anyways. Yeah, let's get back to this. <laughs> uh, so the uh, one of my favorite parts is when Punk finally said it's clobbering time. The crowd said it at the same time. I just thought that was a very cool moment. And Punk was donning the. Uh, long pants which is a uh newer look for him uh for those who have followed him wwe of course that's never something he did he usually did the tights and i think this is an ode to terry funk who he has called himself on multiple occasions he says he's in the terry funk role so i thought that was uh a cool little thing but when we get down to the match how do we feel about it everybody
2: I thought it was a very good, slow, methodical match, which built to a, to a more fast-paced ending. And it was really good at showcasing Darby's arsenal and making him look like a million bucks, because we all knew CM Punk was going to win. It was just a case of how good Darby looks in defeat. And I think Punk is a, a master of his craft. And he, even though he's been away for so long, he is still very good at making an opponent look good in defeat.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree. I think the methodical pacing was very smart. It gave, he's such a, like you say, he's he's an old fashioned wrestler. He understands the type of things like this. And I think him doing that with Darby, who, you know, doesn't necessarily have the old school style, uh, that can only help him as well as a competitor. And Darby sold everything like death that punk did, which only made punk look better. Um, my favorite moment of the match before I let Robbie take it over was the simplicity of Punk sitting up when Darby went for the coffin drop. I thought that was an incredible moment in the match. He just got up and laughed, laughed it off. And it
2: was long overdue. How mm-hmm. how has no one counted that move? <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk is a genius. He counted the coffin drop.
0: That's like uh, when someone falls when Drew McIntyre goes for the... Uh, Claymore, I was like, how did no one ever, you know, just decide to fall beforehand? Like, with <laughs> or, or like
1: Samoa Joe, or like Samoa Joe like just walks away from somebody doing a flying move on him. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh man. It, Samoa Joe and CM Punk get it. That's not shocking at all. Uh yeah. but Robbie, how did you feel about the match?
1: Well, I know that you said that your favorite moment was the the coffin drop being avoided. My favorite moment actually happened in the first technique. Because it started with them locking up, and Alan immediately does an arm drag on Punk. Bret Punk Hart, sit- yeah, well, yeah, of course. Punk kind of sits up and just sort of gives that look like, okay, okay, I, I get it. I, I see what I'm up against. Very similar to Bret Hart's match with the One Two Three kid back in 94, which is another great match for those that want to look back on that. And yes, I saw that moment. I was like, there's no way that that's not a, a, a nod to Bret Hart. And, you know, people have made the comparison and I'm glad they did because that's one of my favorite matches. I know that um, Punk has cited Bret Hart as one of his favorites, which makes it even even better. And yes, I am a Bret Hart mark. i go back and watch these matches because I'm an old ass what of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bret's the GOAT. I, I second that.
0: Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You don't think he's the GOAT? no
1: this guy, what, what is this
0: i i mean okay uh, you know what before like i have you two attack me and then jamie greer come up from like <laughs> behind me i'm just gonna not say anything i'm just gonna <laughs> save myself before no you if know. you
2: don't say anything i'm just gonna assume Britt baker is the goat to you
0: i um no this no, don't don't ever say that to me. Yeah, maybe we
1: have to induct Apodon in the Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, oh my God! <laughs> oh jeez! Uh, I mean, I Bret Hart's great. I mm, yeah. you know what? I, I'm just gonna stop. Uh, so That's everyone, liked the, everyone's, everyone's, everyone <laughs> liked the match. Everyone's everyone liked the match.
2: Really good match. I I liked it.
1: Yes, I, I, it wasn't a blowaway match, but I don't think anyone should have expected it to be, especially given Punk is. Out of practice, as far as wrestling goes. Looks in great shape. Definitely yes. moved well. But at the same time, this was more of a way to bring Punk back into the fold. And I thought they did very well. Punk and Allen are were great opponents for each other.
0: And Just think about it. We're probably going to get like CM Punk, Sting, Darby Allen versus uh, Daniel Garcia in 2.0. Because why not? <laughs> like, that just feels like the uh last match for this little group of sorts which would be really cool seeing sting and cm punk team up i think three that... different generations as yeah. well. yeah really good stuff yeah i mean who doesn't love sting am i right
1: and he doesn't love 2.0 right
0: i do love 2.0 i'm not going to disagree with me
1: <laughs> they're,
0: they're the dads of daniel garcia garcia it's like the funniest <laughs> little thing ever that they've done um so i guess i can't avoid it any what? longer uh I mean, I tried. I tried everybody, but it's impossible. We have to talk about it. Uh, Paul White versus Q.T. Marshall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who? Uh, who has some thoughts that well differ from? I
2: will say that I, I specifically chose this match to be my toilet break, and mm-hmm. I came back and the match was still going. I I thought it was going to be a yeah. one punch deal, but no, it, it carried on. And what I saw of it, it's just what I expected mm-hmm. it to be.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess my review would be this. Um, good news, it was 3 minutes, 10 seconds. Bad news, it was 3 minutes, 10 seconds. <laughs> Review's over, go fuck yourself, I guess.
2: <laughs> did they announce him
0: as poll? No, unfortunately they did
1: not. No, no. I, I, think, I think some people tried to, to chant it, but mm, no. Didn't
0: work. God damn. Did anyone hear the, we want Tessa, no we don't chant?
1: I have, I have seen the... that. I have, I have seen reports of those chants being done. And
2: why, why would people chant that? Who, who wants Tessa?
0: People. Do these I people guess.
2: exist? Do they exist?
0: Enough did to make the chant happen, I guess. Uh, Holy crap! <laughs> but uh, Paul, poor Big Show can't move too well anymore, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how many matches he's got uh, in his future, but really all i'd use him for for the remainder of his run or whatever it is is to get over a monster that's about it
2: yeah i agree or he could just be a tag team backup for someone who needs a giant
0: do you mean like kurt angle when he backed up the shield oh
1: that was that that was
2: fun You just remi- reminded me of the image of Kurt Angle with a <laughs> shit eating grin on his face, looking like the happiest kid in the world. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Uh, okay, all right. We're not we're not talking about Paul White. That's whatever. QT Marshall, oh, thanks. thanks. Uh, sorry, oh, Xavier. Thanks. This, thanks christ this is not lasting long. Uh, good for Paul White, I guess. Uh, all right, main <laughs> event time. This is this is the most newsworthy uh, thirty minutes of the show by a bit um so the main event of course was the AEW world champion kenny omega defending his title against the impact world champion christian cage i believe everyone here is a christian fan am i am i not mistaken
2: i i'm definitely a a peep yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) love it Yes, I, I too am a Christian Cage fan. Um, met him a few years ago at a Creative pro event because I live out in Long, in Long Island. You're going to see a Create a pro show every now and then. Got to meet him. Very nice dude. And great to see him not only wrestling again, but wrestling at a main event level. And I know that this match on Rampage, I know this was the first ever AEW Rampage match. But if you're going to you know revisit any bout. This isn't a bad one to go with because of who's involved.
0: I got a, I got to take here and I want to see what you guys think. So, I I really enjoyed this match first and foremost. I thought it was very good uh wrestling main event, you know, you have two uh of the best doing that. Um here's why I think some people didn't like it as much. I think compared to the Rampage match, it had far more certainty in a sense that you knew Christian wasn't winning. And I think that takes away from the match at times. And I think a predictable finish isn't always bad because there's sometimes uncertainty. Um, The match, you know, gets to a point where you want to see that finish. Like say some, a lot of people thought the Lucha brothers were going to win, but that's different because one, you weren't a hundred percent sure. And two, they had such an amazing match, such amazing moments that you could, you know, forget that you thought that, um, I, I was just wondering, uh, did you guys want enjoy the match? And two, do you see why maybe some people might've not enjoyed it as much? Um, I, I very much enjoyed it. I
2: can see why they might not have, but it's hard to see it because I think it was a, really good match that showed Christian because, you know, he's had solo runs in the past, but he's kind of always been known as the, I don't want to say the chinetti because he's above the Gennady. He's always been seen as the, the Matt Hardy of Edge and Christian. And it's, it's just good to see him in a solo role at his age being so damn good against someone who is potentially one of the best in the world. So, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. I can see why people didn't like it as much, especially because it wasn't the best match on the card. The tag team match blew that out of the water, but yeah, I I like it.
1: I think you're onto something, Scotty, when you said that with this particular main event, there was a level of certainty going into it, which wasn't the case with the AEW Rampage match because that was for the Impact World title, and no disrespect to Impact Wrestling, they're doing a lot of good stuff now. It's definitely not the TNA Wrestling of the Jeff Jarrett, Dixie Carter days, for example. Oh, boy. But um, the the Impact World title just doesn't have that same level of weight, I feel, that the AEW World title does, whether on, AE, on AEW programming or, or otherwise. So going into this match, it was easy to predict that um Omega was going to emerge victorious. Not that it took away too much from my enjoyment of the match, but I think if anyone uh, enjoyed this one less than the Rampage match, I could see why.
0: Alright, so we're all in agreement. Of course, Kenny Omega won in the end with a top rope, one-winged angel, which I think makes uh, Christian look very good in defeat. Um I think, you know, Kenny remains on top level. But before I continue on to what happened post match, I do need to play something for everybody.
1: Ever have a chance to beat me? Ever are either not here,
0: they're already tired, or
1: they
2: are already dead.
0: And let me ask you, do you think that that surprise was uh, as big as you expected? Because for me, I think it was bigger than I could even have imagined. For Adam Cole, the newest addition to AEW.
1: And to think WWE could have kept that guy around if they just let him stream his goddamn video games. (laughs) <laughs> to, to, think that they, to think that this could have been avoided if they would have just played nice with the guy that they clearly had some some plans for, and they just let him slip through their fingers. It's hey, a, to,
2: it, to be fair, this whole company could have been avoided if they let Cody stop being Stardust. So.
1: <laughs> oh, man. We're, we're getting some butterfly effect stuff, man. Now, that, could, that could be a <laughs> podcast-worthy episode in its own right. Jesus.
2: It needs to be. yeah the the surprise was great i i think this was probably the one of the night i was most hyped for because i I don't want to say the last surprise because we haven't got there yet but this one i feel is more long term if you know what i mean
0: Mm, i i'm in agreement with you this this one made me legitimately jump out of my chair because personally i one, I did believe that Adam Cole was going to go to AEW. I don't. I think a lot of us thought it made sense. He's best friends with the Young Bucks and Kenny. That makes sense. Um, he just doesn't. He doesn't have anything to prove in WWE. Like his his future clearly is not nearly as bright as if going here. And the second surprise of the night is the one that I feel like everyone knew about um nick you were the one that was very confident in this possibly happening you even wrote up the stub for it and it all paid off as of course adam cole showed up and i think you have you're onto something with the fact that this long term is a bigger deal for aw i just like the theme song how it starts with saying you know it's all about the boom like i i'm happy he has understanding of his theme song was was truly all about him saying boom so I, I appreciate that but uh robbie how do you feel about adam cole joining the AEW roster Bay. Babe.
1: Bay bay. <laughs> um <laughs> i think once it was reported that adam cole didn't renew his contract or he wasn't or he hadn't re-signed at that point i realized that the possibility of him going to aew was that much more of a certainty. And like you said, his his friends are there. His girlfriend works there. It's a new challenge for him. And he's coming there off of what I thought was a successful WWE run. I don't think it was as successful as it could have been. Like I said, had WWE played nice, we would have seen more. But then again, if WWE played nice, we might not have gotten this moment anyway. So <laughs> really, at that point, it's this was a very welcome moment and right at the bat you establish adam cole as a villain in perhaps the most dominant faction in aew you
0: you know you know what is like the ultimate sign of winning uh, I, I know a lot of people feel their ways about NXT and NXT's history. For my money, I call Adam Cole the greatest NXT superstar of all time. And the ultimate way to defeat NXT in the Wednesday Night Wars is you take their signature player and you put him on your own roster. Um, how did you guys, I, Robbie? You talked about you know having him join the elite, Nick. How did you like the swerve of having him just join back with his buddies?
2: Well, it's kind of me by surprise because when I originally wrote the stub, I wrote him debuting as a face against the Elite. I think me and Alex were both in agreement that that was going to happen. So I like the swerve. I feel like because of what came afterwards, it makes the most sense. Uh, and in a way, why wouldn't he have gone back? I mean, what, what, did he leave on bad terms?
0: Uh, yes, he got kicked out from Marty's girl. Oh, God. <laughs> it wasn't a pri- It wasn't a pleasant. Uh, uh, realization there. Yeah, if Um, I got replaced with Marty Skull, I would
2: would (laughs) not be coming back to join him, that's for sure. (laughs) Well,
0: well, here's the beauty of it. Like, long-term storytelling, this is going to clearly come back in the uh, Bucks and Kenny's face. I think that is something that they're clearly already hinting at. Um, And, man, just the idea that Adam Cole is, in a way, free, is very exciting, because I'm a big Adam Cole fan i was terrified of him going to the main roster uh, me as well i was very scared mm-hmm. that i was gonna have to watch him chase the 24 7 championship and that <laughs> is not something i was okay with uh but the fact that a complete star who should be in the main event automatically for you you know made this decision to leave tells you a lot about the current uh landscape of wwe uh, but let us us get to the final surprise so the elite celebrating the ring kenny omega is giving us the goodbye bang see you later and then the flight of the valkyries hit before uh some sort of rap music goes on uh still still a little uh out there about the theme song but that doesn't really matter what does matter Brian Danielson, the former Daniel Bryan, the man that was part of the WrestleMania main event earlier this year, has joined AEW. Uh, There's a lot of thoughts here. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: Robbie, take it away.
1: I got to say, out of all the bands that they've been able to contract, um, you know, Rancid, they they got all these different licensed songs. And they couldn't pay Europe for the final countdown. We couldn't get that. But
2: apparently, apparently in two thousand and seven, I think Europe demanded fifty grand per show for it to be used at Ring of Honor events. So oh my that god, could be why,
1: dude? That that's way too much smoke to blow up your own ass. I'm sorry. It's a cool song, but let's be honest here. That's that, that's kind of ludicrous. But yeah, in in, in any event, uh, Brian Danielson debuting in AEW. At the end of this show, after we just saw another big debut, come on, that that doesn't happen. But this was very welcome. It was very much like uh, CM Punk's debut. Not a very well-kept secret, especially when Body Slam made the the, the original report that they had pushed uh, Danielson's debut back to All Out. And now we find ourselves in a situation where you have all of these new wrestlers in AEW returning, having come off of very successful WWE runs, especially with Danielson. I mean, he was in the Mania main event just a few months ago. You know, he took on Roman Reigns and Edge for the Universal title. He didn't win, but you're still in the main event. It still counts for something. So this was a massive get for AEW and a very good one.
0: Nick,
2: yeah, uh, I think between him and Punk, the game has been changed completely because they are so they're bigger than wrestling. The two of them, I think, Uh, especially Punk, but Brian within wrestling is considered one of the one of the all time greats at this point. And like you said, the main event at WrestleMania just five four months ago, four months ago, and just to see him in AEW working with, going to be working with all these guys. He's never worked with before. It's it's pretty great.
0: What is your uh, for both of you? What you get to pick one? What potential Brian Danielson match excites you the most from the AEW roster? Only because you know New Japan just creates a whole other conversation. I'll let Robbie go first
2: because <laughs> I need to
1: think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good one i would say that if i'm looking at the aew roster up and down and i could pick just one of these big matches i'd have to go with ray phoenix because Ooh. i i like the idea of danielson this very technical submission focused wrestler going up against ray phoenix who's high flying more strike oriented I look at those those styles and I think to myself, this could be incredibly enjoyable. And it's one of those matches that we haven't seen yet. Because I'm looking at the AEW roster and you look at the people right now and he's competed against a fair number of them. Like Moxley wrestled him a number of times in WWE, wrestled with and against him. You look at someone like miro i believe they had a couple of encounters uh paul wright you know less said about that the better um <laughs> but no um but no I-, I look at the roster right now phoenix is the one that intrigues me the most
2: yeah he would be one of mine too and i think above all maybe is the one with kenny omega simply there because it uh, it's it's the big money match they last wrestled in 2007, so things have changed considerably since then for both of them and for all of wrestling. So I think for me, that would be the main one. But honorable mention goes to, Pentac- to Pentagon. Mm-hmm. I feel like those two could have a absolute killer match because people don't realize how good of a technical wrestler Pentagon can be as well. So I feel like Brian would get the best of Pentagon's solo work out of him.
0: Uh, you guys took the three potential answers out of my mouth. So yeah. I will hit you guys with a little bit curveball. Uh, so Daniel Bryan mm, Danielson. I will you got to talk. work on that, yeah. Yeah, it's going to take a while. Uh, Brian Danielson in his post-match, uh, you know, he was talking to the crowd as well as the media scrum said, you know, Punk's here to help the young talent. I'm here to kick the shit out of him uh and I automatically love that that's the character we're going with for Brian because I think first of all the music that he has automatically fits like I'm just here to f you up like that's what I'm here to do if that's the case great uh I'm gonna go with a odd choice because you guys took my first four or three whatever <laughs> um and you know punk uh, match with punk is exciting of course and um you know Moxley rematch with Moxley actually in his best form rather than uh Dean Ambrose also exciting. I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy. I think those mm. two could have a very intriguing and interesting match because to me Brian is going to be more uh of the aggressor and doing that against someone like orange is very exciting my other choice which i feel a lot of people are forgetting he's even exists in aew after all this is pack i think those two match up perfectly they have wrestled before but that was over a decade ago they are very different wrestlers now and i think they could have a great match as well
2: yeah the match with pack would that would be very good especially because pack is such a different wrestler these days Mm -hmm. i feel like they could have a really solid bout yeah, he's got the methodical uh pace
0: down nowadays. Yeah, so.
2: he's really changed. He's he's kind of more similar to Brian these days,
0: weirdly mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, except the the you know, the black arrow and stuff. That's well, That's those, yeah. Uh mm-hmm. so okay. Um Punk was asked about this being the updated version of the NWO, the Outsiders, uh, you know, having Punk, Brian, and Adam Cole Join within a month time, joining AW at the very quickly all at the same time. Do you guys think this can be or will be as big of a moment um, for the long term history of wrestling? Because we know the NWO is a very different animal, but and you know wrestling numbers are never going to reach what they were then in terms of viewership. But all things considered, wrestling is at its height highest point since that moment. So do you think this can be what the NWO was for WCW? Hopefully, you know, not long-term ends their uh, you know, company. But I think for popularity's sake. I kind of, I, I saw the interview and Punk said it was bigger, I think.
2: And I can see where he's coming from because the NWO one was massive. But this time it's less about joining the competition and it's more about people wanting to move to AW to control their intellectual property, and to be free from I hate to say it because it's, it's almost a cliche at this point, the shackles of WWE. So, I can see what where he's coming from, because it's not going to stop at these three, there's going to be more people coming over. So, yeah, Robbie, you take over.
1: Yeah, as far as Punk's uh... Comments are concerned and whether this, you know, can rival or supersede what the NWO did back in the late 90s. It, it's tough to say because with the NWO and the way that, you know, Hogan, Hall and Nash changed the industry, we have the benefit of foresight, right? Like we know what happened. We, we've we seen what history has shown us we've seen the way that the nwo had this domino effect throughout all of wrestling it not only improved wcw but it forced the world wrestling federation at the time to change their direction and put forth content that appealed to an older audience you know the days of break the clown and you know uh Dumpster Drosy or whatever, and all these different characters from that time—they faded away, and in their place were these more grounded, realistic personalities. Where you know, babyface and heel alignments weren't as clear. There were, you know, there were still good and bad guys, but their morals were a little—they uh, they were a little more shrouded. Let's put it that way. I don't know whether Punk. Danielson and Cole coming to AEW is going to have the same impact. It could very well. It's a little too early to say, but I'm very intrigued by this particular shift and where it could take AEW as well as wrestling moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, it, no matter what it's just so exciting i don't like to necessarily compare things i like the idea that it could be bigger i think it's just a sign of you know wrestling's growing back to a point of exciting times and that's really all we can ask for so uh i'll finish up this wonderful uh review of awl by asking you each on a scale of one to ten How do you rate this pay-per-view? Sheriff, you are the guest. Let's have you go first. Right. So keep in mind, for
2: for many years, my standards have been lowered. So I'm not going to say why. It's it's another show. And I would probably give this a very solid 9 out of 10. I feel like it's one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen. And I feel... You know, if I said it a 10, there's there's nowhere to work towards. So I, I will give it a 9. Robbie?
1: I'm with Nick on this one. I'd have to give it a 9 out of 10 as well. Uh, there were some rough parts. I thought that the Women's Casino Battle Royale had its, had its hiccups. Uh, Paul White versus QT Marshall was not a pay-per-view worthy match, in my opinion, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. That being said, pretty much everything else had purpose, was a fantastic match, or was both. So it's easy for me to give it the 9 out of 10 score.
0: I think 9 is the perfect spot um, because, like you said, you know, you have the QT Marshall match. Maybe, Maybe somewhere down the line you have a show that's this great, and that's instead a second singles women's match or something of the sorts. To uh, broaden it a little more. Um, but definitely, there's still, there's always room to grow. But this is as great of a wrestling show as you can have um, at any year, not just in the modern era. So, uh, to both of you, thank you for joining us or joining me. I don't know why I said us, just me. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, I hope to uh, have you guys back on again sometime down the road. Of course, Robbie, you'll be back for full gear.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you once again Scotty for having me. Nick, thank you for joining us. It's
0: No, no,
2: thank you for having me. It's been a it's been a pleasure.
1: All right, bye. Later. What do you see? The Of
0: personality like Mussolini and Kennedy. I'm the
1: cult of personality, the cult of personality, the cult of personality.